Welcome to Mostly Mindful for Teens and Tweens, hosted by Dominique Sullivan of the Zen Librarian. Blending science and spirituality in innovative ways that make sense in our modern world. Thank you for spending time with me today as we break down mindfulness, tell a few stories, and practice a few new skills. Episode 3, Anxiety Part 1, Second Arrow. Over the next few weeks, we're going to do a deep dive on this podcast about anxiety and how mindfulness can help. And just to make it totally normal and not weird, did you know that teenagers between the ages of 13 to 18, one in three have anxiety? So that's 32%. In a typical classroom, that's between eight and nine students suffer with anxiety big time. And I'm not talking about the kind of stress, you know, I'm a bit stressed before a game or if you're stressed before a presentation. You know, those are normal stress. When I'm classifying as anxiety is eight or nine kids out of one classroom suffer to get out of bed, have pain in their stomachs, throw up before school, shiver in their bodies. And I see this over and over in my class. So in a typical class that I teach for the mindful self-compassion for teens called Making Friends with Yourself, I would typically see kids uh, have a wide variety of things, but all of them, every single one of them is there because they have anxiety. But some of them have, you know, a bit of anxiety and difficulty with food. Some of them have a difficulty with substance abuse. So we all have our crosses to bear, but anxiety is so common and prevalent. And we're going to do a deep dive today, and hopefully you're going to get some strategies that's going to make you feel better. Neuroplasticity is the concept that the brain can rewire itself depending on what it thinks about. So I'll give you a a tangible example. If I was uh, practicing my piano every day and I really wanted to be a concert pianist, so my brain would say, you know what, you do a lot of music, so let me take some of the neuro uh, axons and dendrites and give you more in more brain power in the music department so that you can really flourish in music because our brains are efficiency experts and they want to be efficient. So if you are not using so much of your science or math brains, they're going to take neurons from there and they're going to put them into the music section. So whatever you practice, your brain wants to help you get more efficient, get better at it. So if you think about an anxious mind, if your brain is constantly worried and stressed about the future and what's happening next and What happened yesterday? So if your brain is constantly in catastrophizing or in rumination, and we're going to get into these concepts later on in further podcasts, but if your brain is always jumping into the future or the past, so your brain says, you know what, you do a lot of rumination, you do a lot of catastrophizing, let me help you by giving you more brain power. Isn't that sucks? So your brain is actually helping you get better at stress. But the opposite is true. If you have wired your brain towards a stress brain, you can also do the opposite. You can practice brain science and neuroplasticity and calming your mind, and you can wire your brain to be a more calm and peaceful brain. But the first thing we have to do is we have to notice. The big concept I really want you to grasp today is the idea of a second arrow. And this is a Buddhist concept, and I think it's such an important concept. So we cannot get rid of suffering. Suffering is part of life. Everybody suffers. You know, people you know are going to get sick. Sometimes you're not going to succeed at everything you try at. Sometimes life gets really, really hard. But we have to figure out a way to deal with these difficult emotions, to turn towards them and and feel them in a different way. So in Buddhism, we call that the first arrow. 
So when you have a suffering, it hurts. Your heart hurts. And that is the first arrow, right? That's real. Like, you can't change suffering. Suffering exists. It's part of life. It's part of the human condition. But the second arrow, we shoot ourselves. And this is the second arrow of suffering that we add in when we talk about story. Story is all the things that we attach on to the original first arrow or the original suffering. Why does this always happen to me? I'm the only one that feels this way. That person's totally going after me. And so we attach all of these stories to what originally happened to us, the reality of what happened to us. And this is the major, major problem with anxiety is you are constantly shooting yourself with a second arrow. Now, I'm going to take the concept of second arrow and I'm going to put it into an anxious moment. Let's pretend I have a really important soccer game. I'm going for my rep team and I'm really, really nervous and I need to find my lucky socks. I go all over the house and I try to find my lucky socks and I start to feel my heart's beating, my stomach's clenching. I know the game is coming in a couple of hours and I cannot find my socks. So the first arrow is I'm nervous about the game. Right? Everybody gets nervous. That's normal. The first arrow. But the second arrow comes when our anxiety kicks in. And it's going to sound something like this. It's going to sound something like, well, if I can't find my brand new socks or my favorite socks or my lucky socks, then I won't be able to play really well. And if I won't play really well, then I can't get into the rep team. And if I can't get into the rep team, then I won't make any friends. And if I won't make any friends, then I'm going to die alone in some gutter by myself and never have any friends and a million cats. So our brains are story-making machines. Can you see how the second arrow just talks to you? It's our inner critic. It's the inner voice. But it is not true. Not all of our thoughts are true. So we have to recognize, is this first arrow or is this the second arrow? Is this the original suffering because everybody suffers and I need to take care of myself with the first arrow? But I don't need to fall off into story, into these anxious stories that I tell myself. And that is second arrow. When I recognize that I'm in second arrow, I just tell myself, second arrow, and I name it to tame it. I am not my thoughts. I am in an anxiety spiral. And I am shooting myself with a second arrow. When we practice mindful self-compassion, there are three parts. When you recognize that you're in an anxiety spiral and you're shooting yourself with a second arrow, you need to greet those feelings, that anxious moment, that kind of wired and tired feeling with the techniques we're going to talk about over and over again, which is self-compassion. And there are three parts to self-compassion. The first one is mindfulness, right? Name it to tame it, which is what we've done. We've said second arrow. The second part is, do you speak to yourself like a friend? Are you kind to yourself? Do you speak to yourself kindly? And the third part is common humanity. Do you know how many other kids have anxiety? And understanding that you are not alone in how you're feeling. You're not weird. You're not broken. You're not different. You are totally normal having an anxious moment. And that's part of life. Let's practice second arrow in action and apply our three parts of self-compassion. Number one, did you recognize that you were in an anxiety spiral? Name it to tame it, right? Ooh, second arrow. Oh man, I am in story. So you say this to yourself. First, you recognize where is your mind? 
Are you in the future? Are you in the past? Are you in an anxiety spiral and a shame spiral? You got to stop, recognize, ooh, this is second arrow. I'm shooting myself. The second part is self-kindness. And you want to speak to yourself just like you would speak to a friend. It's okay. Everybody has anxiety. Anxiety is like the clouds. Just know that it's going to pass like the storm. Anxiety feels temporary like the rain. And our last bit says we're going to remind ourselves about our common humanity. And remembering that one in three teens have anxiety between the ages of 13 to 18. That's 32% of your peers. There's definitely nothing wrong with you. You are not alone. You just happen to have an anxious moment. It's really normal. And just tell yourself things like, this is what courage looks like. I have to learn to sit with my uncomfortable feelings with way more compassion because I'm going through a real big change of my life. And anxiety is the worst. I just want you to know that at the bottom of this, uh, in the details of the podcast, I've added in a couple of videos. One is about second arrow. And the other one I've added in is actually to show you what the neuroplasticity of the brain, what thoughts actually look like. And the mantra this week will be, I am not my thoughts. And the practice of the week this week is going to be second arrow. Now in the following meditation where we practice second arrow, I want you to know that I am going to generate some stress inside you. We need to generate a bit of stress so you can practice how to turn and sit with difficult feelings. But I'm not going to ask you to do a level 10. Like, you know, if you're choosing a stressful moment that's a 10 out of 10, nobody can practice when they're overwhelmed and super stressed out. I want you to think about a time in your life that's going to be something that generated some anxiety for you but only feels like a, a three or a five, a, a bit of anxiety. And then we can play with that anxiety and we can practice the three skills of self-compassion and looking at second arrow in the next meditation. But please don't choose a level 10. Life is hard enough. And when you're in a level 10, your job is to take care of yourself and to survive it. Because sometimes that's the best you can do. See you in the following podcast where we practice our meditation today. 